this series called Strong. Strong. God wants us to be strong. If you have your Bibles this morning or a device, a way to get the scripture, turn to uh, Chronicles. Do I want to go to 2nd or 1st Chronicles? 2nd Chronicles 16. Turn to 2nd Chronicles 16, and that'll be our base scripture. Uh, you know, it's our base scripture for the series. This, when I read this scripture, I want you to know God here, uh, the context here is God's talking to Asa, and God's telling him, listen, um, you, you know, you're messing up. You're messing up. Uh, you're doubting me, okay? But I want you to listen to just this part of the scripture, uh, this part of this passage, and take it personal, okay? I want you to take this personal. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says this. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Second Chronicles 16, 9. It says the eyes of the Lord go, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking for someone that he can show himself strong. Another translation says he's looking for people, uh, someone that he can make strong, those that have given themselves totally to him. He's looking to make you strong. Now, I want to go somewhere with this morning, uh, with this, this morning that, um, I don't know if everybody would like, <laughs> if you'll exactly like it, but I think it's going to help us, all right? God wants us to be strong, and there's some things later on, uh, just in a couple minutes here, I want you to write down, uh, but for now, understand this, that God wants you to be strong in spiritual battle. There is a spiritual battle, and the person who is strong in spiritual battle, this is that person. That person has sincerely surrendered their life to God. That's what the scripture is saying. I'm looking for someone that I can make strong, someone that have given, someone that has given themselves completely to me. Okay? Surrender their life to God, believing God, these are key words here, has given everything, given, given everything needed to be victorious in the spiritual realm and to be strong in the stand against all forces of darkness. That's the strong person. That's what God is looking to make you this morning. He's looking to make you strong. And uh, we need to understand, listen, Romans 13 says, it basically talks about this, it's time for us, Romans 13, 11, it's time for us to awake to this fact that there is a battle. We need to be awake. In fact, Romans 13 in the Weist uh, translation says, knowing the strategic uh, season, that it is an hour now for you to awake. Time is running out. He says, wake up. There is a spiritual battle, but no, don't just wake up to the fact that there's a spiritual battle. Wake up to the fact that you have victory in the battle. That's the more important thing. You have victory now. I know that uh, we sing these songs when we all get to heaven, what a glorious day it's going to be. And I'm telling you right now, it is going to be a glorious day. I mean, actually, when we get to the new earth, <laughs> but when we get to be with the Lord, uh, it's going to be a glorious day. No more sickness, no more disease, no more tears. All of those things are coming. But let me tell you, Galatians chapter 1 in verse 3 says, Grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this, watch this now, present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory and forever. God not just wants you to, but God has made you and caused you to be victorious right here, right now. 
It's a time right now of victory. And I think that some of us, again, I, you know, we're so used to certain things, so I don't know how this will go over with you. But I know, you know, a lot of times we, we pray and we beg God uh, for things and it show, and it's our heart. It, uh, you know, I'm not, listen, I'm not condemning that because it's our heart. God, please don't pass me by. We sing those songs. We, we, we go back to the Old Testament and quote some things, uh, like from David who said, Lord, renew in me a right spirit. Give me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Those are great sentiments for us. Uh, but what we need to understand is now that Jesus has died on the cross and shed his blood, uh, went down, uh, to, uh, Sheol, come on to hell and, uh, took captivity captive and now has risen again with all power and is seated, not working, but is seated at the right hand of the Father and has ceased from his work and has caused all things uh, to come to us in the spiritual realm. He has equipped us. You no longer have to ask for a clean heart and a renewed spirit. You have it already. You already have it. We just don't acknowledge that. We acknowledge the flesh because we're still in the flesh. Our flesh hasn't changed yet. And so what we do is we acknowledge that, you know what it is? Some of us, and I, I hate to use this word, we're just carnal. And when you hear that word, a lot of times you think, well, carnal, that just means it's just a bad thing. You know, really carnal comes from this word carne. And it really just means uh, meat without the skin. That's what it means, meat. And so really carnal just comes from flesh. And so uh, when you, I heard Andrew Womack one time say it just means that we're meatheads, <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're carnal. That's just, that's just what that means. And really what it means is, all it means is you're just acting based on your five senses, hearing, smelling, seeing, right, touching and tasting. You're just acting. Now we have all of those, and they're not a bad thing, right? It's not a bad thing. But when you trust the carnal over the spiritual, now that's a bad thing. Come on, because the spiritual is reality. And we just, what we do is we rely on the carnal because it's to us tangible. It's tangible. And so when we do that, we just don't understand that we've already overcome. I love Philemon uh, verse 6, only one chapter in Philemon verse 6, but it really talks about how, um, uh, you know, with, with, the, with spiritual gifts and things that uh, we just need to acknowledge what he's, in fact, turn there if you would. Turn to Philemon all the way at the back. Philemon, uh, it's, there's only one chapter in it, but I think this, if you really would get this, this verse here, this verse six in Philemon in your spirit, uh, I think it would help you to understand a lot more of what God is wanting to get into your spirit today, uh, in Philemon. Chapter, one chapter, chapter one. In fact, um, let me just start from verse four. And reading from the New King James, it says, I thank my God, uh, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith, watch now, watch this, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement, please get it, by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you already in you, in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ Jesus, he has deposited in you every good thing. It is in your spirit. It is in your spirit. And he says that I, 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 I want you to be effective by the acknowledgement of that. And so 
We can pray. We need to pray. We talked our very first week about prayer and communication with God. But here's what happens a lot of times. What happens is we'll get into, we'll, we'll begin to worship God and we'll begin to thank God. You are, you are mighty. Uh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the Rose of Sharon. You are the Lion of Judah. Oh God, we love you from the bottom of my heart. And we, we do all of that acknowledgement. And then all of a sudden we get over into, uh, you know, sort of the begging mode. Lord, please uh, send your spirit. Uh, you know, renew me. Uh, Lord, please give me more faith. Do all of these things. And you know, you really think about it. Again, I'm not trying to mess up your theology. I don't want to offend you. But if you think about it, how is God supposed to answer a prayer like that when he's already given it to you? In Peter, it says, I have given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. I have you either believe it or you don't. And so if you say, God, please give me. And he says, I've already given you. We, we have a clash there. How, how does he answer a prayer like that? So you say, well, you know, Brother Mike, well, what you, how am I supposed to pray then? I'm, just, I'm used to praying, uh, Lord, please don't pass me by. I'm used to praying, you know, Lord, please uh, give me this and give me that and give me more faith. I'm used to praying that. So uh, how, how am I supposed to pray? And I would say to you, I'm not, I'm not condemning you at all because, listen, God does answer prayer. I mean, because he, he knows our heart. So it's not a condemnation because God knows your heart. Uh, God knows where you are. He knows where you are with your faith. He, but God is constantly trying to get us to come up to where he is into the spiritual realm. And, and I think that's why he's beating this into us even this morning. How do I pray then, Pastor Mike? Look at Philemon. It says that, that the sharing of your faith may be effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. And so it's about the acknowledgement. We need to acknowledge uh, what he's already done for us. Acknowledge it. Peter, I believe it's 2 Peter, uh, maybe 2.24, that says, uh, by his stripes, we what? We were healed. And so we need to acknowledge what he's already done. We're not acknowledging these things. Watch 2 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 2. It says this. It says, grace and peace be multiplied. How many know that God just doesn't add? God doesn't do something a little bit. Even with grace and peace, he doesn't give a little bit. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the, here's a key word, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord and his divine power has given to us all things. How many things is that? All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I believe if you're not where you want to be in life, if you're not where you want to be spiritually, if you find yourself continually taking a step forward and two steps back, if you find yourself in that mode of being uh, beset by those, those, you know, falling to those things that so easily beset us, you find yourself doing the same attitude, whatever it might be, I would say that it's not that you uh, have a lack of a, a spirit or you have a spiritual problem as much as you have a knowledge problem. He said it's about the knowledge of him. If we need to understand that he's already given us these things. And this is how we fight our spiritual battle. We must have knowledge. You know what? One day, in fact, it was just last week, I was, I was praying. 
and I was in this mode and I was thinking, you know, God, we had great, uh, great prophetic word last week, uh, you know, in, in our in our service. And, uh, you know, you, you've been you've been speaking, Lord. And I just I look at my own life sometimes and I think, you know, Lord, uh, you brought me from a mighty long way and all of this. But I think, Lord, I just still am not where I want to be. I mean, I don't want to compare myself to others, whether it's other pastors or other Christians. But at the same time, I just look and I look at my own Metron and I know, Lord, I, I you know, you've, you've shown me, Lord, uh, where you want me to be. You've shown me where you want me to be and I'm not there. And I just, uh, please tell me how to get there, Lord. I do, uh, you know, I, I have good day, good spiritual days and bad spirit. There, there's days when I wake up, man, and I have this devotional uh, that Jody gave me and it's, it's a super uh, thing. I mean, I get up, man, I'm in the morning. I've come here and, uh, you know, uh, to before I start my day in the office and uh, I, I come into the sanctuary, man. I mean, I'm praising God. I'm worshiping, I'm, I'm, you know, tears. I'm into my devotional and I'm thinking about it and I'm reflecting on it meditating doing all of those things and I have those days man I mean it's a spiritual high I mean you think that could last for three years and then you know three days later man I got so much stuff going on you know I, I skipped my workout yesterday so I worked out and then this person called and I had to do all this and it seems like man I didn't do anything spiritual today and I'm going, Lord, what, you know, what is this thing? How can I uh, get to where you want me to be? Is, is it more prayer? Is it more devotion? Uh, you know, what is it? And I just happened to look. I was in the office here. I just happened to look over, and this Bible was sitting uh, right on my desk. And God just told me, if you would get into this thing, stick your nose into this word. If you would, I have everything in here. I have given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. I have laid it out for you right in here. It's a knowledge problem. I know we do need to be spiritual. We do need to pray. I'm not discounting that. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, evidence of speaking in tongues. All of, we, need to, we need to be spiritual people. But I'm telling you, the spirit without this will get you nowhere. He's laid it out for us. And so many of us, if we're not where we want to be, we have a knowledge problem. And we don't acknowledge uh, the knowledge that God has already given us, that he's given us everything that, has, that pertains to life. We were having a meeting yesterday with the elders. And, and this, this scripture that we know very well, uh, you know, Jesus was giving us what the Bible calls the Lord's Prayer. But really our prayer, the model prayer for us, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth. This earth, not the new earth. The kingdom is going to be on the new earth. We know that. We wouldn't have to pray that. On earth, on this earth, your kingdom come. Your way of doing things. Your healing, your prosperity, your deliverance, your overcoming, your sweet, sweet relationships, your love, your kingdom come right here, right now on earth as it is in heaven, just as it is in heaven. Now, and see, that's why when we hear a word like God says, I'm not going to wink at what I used to wink at anymore, and I'm, I'm holding you to a higher standard. When we hear a word like that, the reason why it should be encouraging to us is because that's the way it is in heaven. There's no second best in heaven. Come on, uh, where, where his kingdom is on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, there's no lack in heaven. There's none of that in heaven. And if we want to get there, I know we're not there yet. Uh, again, it's not a condemning word. Please don't take it as such. Take it as an encouragement to understand that God has given you these things. 
He's given you knowledge. He's given you all things that pertain to life. And it's up to us. We're waiting on God to do. God, please send the latter rain. Send revival. Listen, if you would get in this word and follow what he says, let, let a couple people be raised from the dead. Let somebody come up out of a wheelchair. You'll have all the revival that you can take. Come on. If we would just follow his word, he's given us all things. In, in Luke chapter 18, it says, Peter said, see, we have left everything. He's talking to Jesus. He said, we have left all and followed you. So he, speaking of Jesus, said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one, no one, no, not one that has left house or parents or brother or wife or children. All he's saying is that have made me a priority over all of that. That has left all of these for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive. Watch now. Many times, remember, God just doesn't add. God just doesn't do a little bit. Many times more in this present time and in the age to come. But now, now we can live the life that God has for us now. We can thrive. We can prosper right now. But we must believe it. We got to stop waiting on God to do something because he's waiting on us to do it. You have everything that you need in your spirit Proverbs 4.20 says this. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. And then here's the bomb. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they, my words, are life to those who find them and health to all of your flesh. I know that the Bible also says, listen, if you're sick, go to the elders and let them lay hands on you, uh, you know, or whatever it might be. Maybe Benny Hinn will come by. Some of the young people don't know who that is or whatever. Uh, you know, somebody with a great healing anointing will come. And then when they come, maybe I can go to them. Yeah, I, yeah, it's true because they, they have a gift, but they're not going to be here all the time. They're not going to be here at 1 a.m. on Wednesday morning when you really need it. But you know what will be here? This word. This word will always be here. And he, say, he said it right here in Proverbs. He said, uh, for they are life to those who find them, my words, and they are health to all their flesh. You need healing? I know you might want someone to pray for you. That's great. You should. But guess what? He says this is health to your flesh. Start reading some scriptures on healing. Get it in your spirit and acknowledge that he's already done it. He's already done it. Psalm 107.20 says, he sent his word and healed them. He sent his word. He, it didn't say he sent his spirit to heal them. It didn't say he sent tongues to heal them. It didn't say he sent a faith healer to heal them. It says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Do you remember over in Matthew, I believe it was Matthew chapter 8, there was a centurion and his servant was sick and uh, Jesus was on his way and he came and he interrupted him and said, listen, Rabbi, my servant is sick. I don't know if it was even unto death. Maybe it was even unto death. I can't remember. Uh, but he said, my servant is sick. And Jesus said, well, maybe we'll just go there. He said, no, 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 no. You don't even have to go. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. That's all you have to do. We have a knowledge problem. We have a knowledge problem with this word. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, but we have a knowledge problem uh, when we're not where we want to be. We need to get into this word. We are like him. We are like him in this world. Here's another one. Here, turn to this one. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. You're in the New Testament there. 1 John is after Philemon and all that in Hebrew. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. See if this scripture that most of you probably have read before, but see if it doesn't knock your socks off in, in this context in the context of what we're talking about right now. See, see if this actual scripture does not knock your socks off, if you really, if you really think about it. I mean, if you really think about what God uh, has, has given to us, 
1 John chapter 4. You there? 1 John chapter 4, look at verse 17. And look at it in the context of what we're talking about. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, I'm, I'm hesitating here because I want you to hear this. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Do you need me to read that again? You, you see it right there. As he is, so are we in this world. How is he? How is he? As he is, so are we in this world. We have creative power. We have healing power in our spirit. We have the ability to deliver and be delivered. We have that power to prosper, yes. I know some think that's a dirty word, but God wants you to prosper. I would that you prosper even as your soul prospers. Yes, I want you to prosper. I want you to overcome. I want you to have great relationships. I want your church to thrive. I believe that. I believe it. God wants us to do that. And so for us to understand that, uh, we have to understand there is a battle, and we need to be awakened to it. We need to be awakened to it. Let me just give you eight steps here real quick to become strong for spiritual battle. Uh, and I, we, we have a knowledge problem. This is why I want to give this to you. So we're just going to skip all the way down, Angie. Eight decisive steps uh, to become strong in spiritual battle. Uh, and if you, if you can, you're able to maybe write these down. Uh, simple steps, you know them. Uh, the first thing here is you have to submit. You have to submit, right? We know James 4, 7, therefore submit to God. That's what it starts off with, submit. If you're not submitted, then you can forget it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, we, got we have to submit. You have to, first of all, submit to God. Okay, in other words, what am I saying? It's, remember, it's about acknowledgement. Okay, God, I acknowledge that I've lived some life. I've tried some things. Some things have worked. Uh, a lot of things have not worked. Uh, you probably know a little more than me. Probably. I mean, I've been to school. I learned some things. But I would say you probably know a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, you've been here uh, before the beginning of time. You created the world. You created the earth. Uh, you created the stars and the cosmos. You created uh, humans and uh, math. Just the fact that you created math right there, you know, tells me that you know more than me, you know. Uh, so maybe you know more than me. So guess what? I'll have to submit to you. Okay. You ever done that in life? You ever, you ever been uh, trying to maybe show someone else up and tell them that you know more than them and you figure out maybe they know more than you? And in the end you go, well, okay, I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you do it. <laughs> yeah, it, works, it works in marriage. <laughs> I'll just tell you. <laughs> okay, maybe you, know, maybe you know more than me. <laughs> All right. So submit. The next thing we have to do is prepare. You know, that's if that's if Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God. You need that. You need that helmet of salvation. Come on, I'll just tell you, you have to have the helmet of salvation that goes everywhere with you. Right. You have to have the gospel of peace. You have to have the whole armor of God and doing all you can to stand. You have to stand. Come on, the breastplate of righteousness. We have to seek and see righteousness. Let me tell you something about righteousness as well. Righteousness also is about acknowledging what God has done for you. When it says put on the breastplate of righteousness, that doesn't mean wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to do everything right today, no matter what happens, because I'm a righteous person and I know how to do right stuff. Ask me something, Dorothy. I'll tell you what's right. I know how to do right stuff. 
Uh, we don't no more know right from wrong sometimes, you know. We think we do. There's a way that seems right to man. But it's about acknowledging. He imputes right. He doesn't impute sin. He imputes righteousness. Acknowledging. See, it goes right along with submit. Lord, you are, and you have given me righteousness. So what do you say, Lord? What does your word say? That's what I'll do. And now I'm righteous. That's how you become righteous. Not by the acts that you do, but righteousness starts on the inside by acknowledging God. And so we must, we must submit, we must prepare. And then the third thing right there in James 4, 7, resist. Now here's, here's another thing. <laughs> Write that down, resist, because I'm going to tell you this. Here's, here's the thing we do. We, we, Lord, oh God, rebuke the devil. The Lord rebuke you. Oh, devil, you are, I bind you and cast you into hell. I, I do all these things. We want to do all things in the spiritual realm, and we want to ask God to do something with the devil. Uh, you know, the Lord, the devil acting a fool today. Uh, would you please exercise him to Cleveland someplace? Uh, because, you know, you know, you know maybe you're, or Boston, that's better for me. That, you, know, you know, someplace else. Uh, Lord, because the devil is acting a fool, you know. And you know what God says to us? He said, I'm not doing anything with the devil. You resist. Submit to me, you resist, and he'll flee from you. That, I think that's pretty simple. He'll flee from you if you resist him. He said, why are you coming to me? Resist him. I mean, it sounds kind of harsh, don't it? Now, again, let me just take you back to remember as we're going along here. Remember, it's not a condemn. I keep reminding you it's not a condemning word because God knows our heart. Of course, if you pray, of course, God is not an uh, unfaithful and uh, evil father that if you pray to him, he's not going to listen to you or acknowledge you or help you. Of course he will do that. But he's trying to get us to a place where we uh, take on our own spiritual battle by his word, by his word, by his word. And so he says, you resist, you resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Next, position yourself. Stand with the authority that God has given you. And really positioning um, just means that the number, both of these, position and the next one is stand. Those two go together. Really positioning yourself just means acknowledging God. Standing just means I'm not going to back down. That means uh, no matter what. You know, <laughs> in this, this morning we had uh, some, some guys got together. I hope they don't mind me telling uh, for breakfast this morning. It, uh, and, um, you know, one of the things I've been doing this uh, keto diet and uh, so when the guys got together for breakfast, what they had was uh, biscuits and gravy, right, and bacon. So I said, man, the bacon, oh, yeah, I know it. I said, man, the biscuits and gravy. So, you know, I reasoned within myself. I said, well, you know, I don't want to offend the guys, you know. <laughs> I want to offend the guys, you know, and myself. And so maybe I'll just, you know. Have a little bit of the biscuits and gravy. And so uh, the sausage gravy. And so what happens is after we got done eating, uh, you know, Martin, Pastor Martin said, well, you know, uh, that, those were keto biscuits. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. So now you don't have an excuse uh, for the rest of the day to not eat keto. You know, because that's how it happens. You know, you eat a little bit. And you say, well, I already did it. You know what I'm saying, Carrie. I already did it. So I'll just start again tomorrow. I'll just finish the rest of the day out and eat a bunch of bread and whatever it might be. He said, no, no, you can't do that because they were keto biscuits. <laughs> Here's what it is. When you stand, uh, just because one little bad thing happened, that doesn't give you an excuse. Come on, no, you get back up. Say, oh, okay, you got me, but I'm, I'm back. I'm still here. I'm still going on. Position yourself and stand. And doing all you have done to stand, stand. You take a step backwards, don't be discouraged. I know it's easy to get discouraged, but don't let the enemy discourage you. You get back up. A righteous man, a uh, woman, 
falls seven times. How many times they get back up? Eight times. Get back up every time. And I'm, as I'm standing here, you, I'm already ready. Before I even get knocked down, I'm, still, I'm ready to get back up. I'm already ready. <laughs> Come on. Position yourself and stand. And at the crux of it, believe. We must believe, number six. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Let that be more than just some quote that you say. Let it be more than some quote. Let it be more than some cliche. Oh, well, you know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Well, if you really believe that, come on. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, Isaiah 54, 17. And every tongue which rise against you in judgment uh, shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And then he says, their righteousness is from me. Your righteousness is from me. So we have to believe that. Psalm 44, 5, through you we will push down our enemies. Through your name we will trample those who rise up against us. They will not be victorious against us. You got to believe. And yeah, I'm going to put it on there. The next one is receive. That's right. That's right. Believe and receive. See, nothing wrong with believe and receive. It's just what you believe in and receive in. <laughs> That's the question. What are you believing and receiving? Nothing wrong with the phrase. Uh, just because it's become cliche in the Christian area. Uh, nothing wrong with it, but it's just what are you believing? Receive supernatural strength. God is, I have, he said it. He's given us all things that pertain to life. Receive that. Understand it. That through the scriptures, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. My grandmother made me uh, memorize this uh, when I was probably six years old. Wasn't a Christian, didn't like church, but she made me memorize it. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. We need to receive his strength. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices in my, in my song. I will praise him. Isaiah 49, 20, the children uh, you will have after you lost the others will say again in your ears, this place is too small for me. Give me a place where I may dwell. Receive what God, God has something bigger for you than where you are. Stop accepting. Stop settling for less. Stop accepting where you are. Say, Lord, I want more. That's where I was this past week. I said, Lord, I know where you want me to be. And if everything, if nothing changed, things could go on like they are. Things could go on like they are and, you know, just kind of be steady. But I don't know about you. I don't want that in life. I don't want it just to be steady and uh, just accept where I am. And it's just day after day after day, the same thing. I could do all that, die and go to heaven. But God says, right now, in this present time, I have caused you to overcome. I've caused you to be a leader. I've caused you to have prosperity in you. You have businesses in you. You have, uh, you have money in you. You have deliverance. You have healing in you. Come on. You have overcoming spirit in you. And then, uh, declare it. Declare it. Lastly, we need to state it. Don't, you know, here's one thing. I want to leave you with this. Here's, 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 here's something with me. I am a person... Uh, just like with uh, something that's happened to me recently, I had a good opportunity to uh, write a book. Never, never uh, thought about writing a book, but um, I, I, you know, I did. Anyway, I did it. I wrote this book. And so what happens is the publisher said, okay, well, the book, uh, you know, is going to come out sometime later this year. And they told me one date, and then that date they pushed it back because they wanted to do something different with a marketing plan or whatever it might be. And uh, so for me, I'm the type of person where... I kind of don't like telling everybody stuff until it happens. And I think deep in my spirit, that comes from a place of disappointment in the past. It comes from a place of, 
you know, um, yeah, just that, you know, being disappointed, being disappointed, being offended and all those things. And so I'm like, let's just wait till it happens. And then I'll tell everybody, you know, that it happened, that this happened. You know, that way you can see it just in case it doesn't happen. I mean, no, we cannot walk with the Lord like that because either we believe, uh, you know, you're justified by faith. You can't even please God without faith. And by your faith, you overcome. And so we can't do that. We, we're going to have to declare it. You got to declare it before it happens. That's what faith is. Don't wait till something happens to declare it. You declare. What are you declaring? You're declaring God is my protection. You're declaring God is my hedge. I will overcome. It's not my own strength. You're declaring God is my refuge and my fortress. You're declaring that God is my deliverer. You're declaring that God is my defender. He's the one who defends me. This is what you're declaring. And so we need to speak it with our mouth. We need to speak it out. Lord, I, I, I am victorious. I have overcome. You have given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. You've already given it to me. We need to declare it. We need to speak it out. We need to say it. We need to say it with our mouth. Just because you don't see it with your eyes, are you going to be carnal? That's the question. Wait and see what I was doing. I was moving in carnality. I'll just admit it to you. Not, I don't want to say it until uh, it's already there. We're moving in carnality. God said, don't move in carnality. Move in victory. Move in victory.